Well, good evening. It's good to see each of you this evening. We had a good song service at 4 o'clock today. We're starting to learn more songs and give other guys a little more practice. And we're going to be doing that about once a month. And we will be announcing that the next time. But that's just a wonderful thing to do, to come together and to sing praises to our God. In the book of Psalms, in chapter 127, the psalmist would say... He says, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. This passage immediately tells us four things about children. Number one, that they are a gift of God. Number two, that they are a reward. Number three, that they're support and confidence. Like an arrow in the hand of a warrior, they are described. And that they are a blessing. The writer John Wilmot once said, Before I was married, I had three theories about raising children. I now have three children and no theories. We've had been blessed in this congregation in the last several months to have several young babies born. And this is just a wonderful, wonderful thing. As Job says in his book, Naked I came into the world, so they do. They come without a name. They come without a diaper, they come without money, they come without food, but how they change your life. And since we've introduced our theme this year of finish what was started, Jason and I have spent a lot of time thinking about the different layers of this we need to talk about. And so one of the layers that I wanted to talk about is parenting and how important that is. We've got parents of all different ages among us, and this is essential to kind of see how that is. And so tonight what we're going to look at and address is what I call the seasons of parenting. Now I've got to admit this sermon idea, I wanted to talk about parenting, but I wasn't sure the direction. The idea of this came from a picture in my office. My kids got one, my kids got me this a long time ago. Now you may not be able to recognize it, but it looks just like a green tree. But if you turn it different ways, the green tree becomes orange, becomes what looks like winter. It's the same tree, but it changes. And so it is with parenting. Because what happens when we think about parenting is there's different seasons. And those seasons affect us different ways. The book of Ephesians in chapter 6 and verse 4, we need to be mindful when we think about the subject of the home, what God says. God is the creator. God is the creator of us. God is the creator of the family. God is the one who defines the family. And so there's no better place to look at than this. And in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, he gives this admonition to the fathers. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. It's paramount that we understand that no one has your child's interest more than you do. We cannot pass off the learning of these great spiritual truths to anyone else. Someone who may not have the interest that we do. Someone who may not teach them the way that we would. Someone that does not appreciate what we do. Several years ago, I wrote this at the beginning of a lecture I was going to give. And I simply said, I am a dad. I am a dad. I have four children. We've experienced a drama of sports from Little League all the way up to college volleyball. We've seen champions and we tasted the agony of defeat. We've experienced a drama of teaching the kids how to drive. We've seen honor rolls and missed scholarships. We've been in choirs and bands. We witnessed the ups and downs of dating, broken hearts, and weddings. 
We've had trips to the hospitals. We've had surgeries. There's been car accidents. I sat in the stands and watched them on the field and on the stage. I had the honor of baptizing all four of them. I conducted the funerals for their little pets. There were times when those little ones would put their tiny hands in my hand as we walked down the road. They sat in my lap many times as I wrote sermons. I am simply a dad. In the book of James, in chapter 5, James says, Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it until it gets as early and late rains. I want to use this sermon this evening, that concept, to talk about seasons of parenting. And we want to begin with four principles. The first principle, as we think about this, is what happens in one season impacts the other. That is paramount to understand. We'll come back to this later on, but we need to see what happens in one season affects the next season. Secondly, each season has its own challenges and its own blessings. And that's true. Thirdly, there is a growing time, and one cannot put that off for another season. If you decide that you want to go out tomorrow morning and plant some tomatoes in your garden, wrong time of year, you missed it, it's not going to happen. There is a growing season, there's a time for those things, and you have to appreciate that. And then number four, those that do not recognize the different seasons will suffer. And so now let's begin by looking at the four seasons of parenting as I see that. First of all, we begin with what we call spring. Spring, everything's fresh, new, exciting, and just starting. Young children, building trust and establishing relationships. Your child comes into the world knowing nothing. He doesn't even know how to speak. He does not even know his name. And you become his first teacher, the most valuable teacher he has. And I believe if any passage grabs the goal of parenting, it's here, Psalms chapter 1, that this is what righteous people want of their children. How blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and, it does, and its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. To recognize right and wrong, to have firm roots in Jesus Christ, to be fruitful in the Lord, I think that's something that all parents and grandparents want. And so we begin by this understanding the home is where they first learn. You become the first teacher. You teach them the most valuable things and the most visible things. They first learn about God through parents. It's in the home where they learn to share and be a servant. It's where they learn that not everything in life is fun. It's where they learn that life doesn't revolve around me. Crying and throwing fits does not change things. The home is where we first learn about money. The home is where we first see grace and forgiveness. Home is where we learn to be accountable and responsible and obedient. Home is where we learn respect and authority. Home is where we learn that every single person matters. And again, school's not going to do this. This is not the role of the church. You can't pass this off to the neighbors. God has given that responsibility to you. 
And so when we think about this concept, here's a passage about King David's son. King, as King David was nearing death, the son went to take over the kingship. And it says about David, his father had never crossed him at any time by asking, why have you done so? It'd be amazing if we could raise hands, did our fathers ever cross us? Oh yeah, oh yeah, many times. And that's the way parenting has to be. It's a balance of blessings and discipline. It's understanding these things. And so when we get to Deuteronomy chapter 6, again, notice the concept of this understanding of this teaching. It's done by having prayers at the table. It's done by reading the Bible together. It's done by just talking about life. This is done by having a certain behavior in a church building. This is done by being an example of what a Christian really is. So here in Deuteronomy 6, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These words which I commanded you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons. Notice, it wasn't the tabernacle was going to teach it. It wasn't the priest that was going to teach it. It wasn't the prophet that was going to teach it. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. We're sitting down. Going to watch a game. Going to watch a movie. And we're going to be bringing up spiritual values. We see things on the screen and we remind ourselves, you know, as God's people, we play fair. We become good losers as well as good winners. We teach them these things. You talk about them. It says and when you walk by the way, when you go to the store, when you're at the restaurant, you're teaching, you're teaching, you're teaching those little ones. And when you lie down, when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on the, your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. All around them, they're seeing this concept. And so the emphasis is teaching. The emphasis is showing God in their lives. This is what's so valuable. Now it's in the spring that I hear this all the time. My own kids say this. They simply say, I am so tired. I am so tired. Now, I see some of you parents shaking your heads. You know exactly what I mean. Because, number one, you're tired because there's so much to do with the kids. You're tired sometimes because of the questions. Ten, five, you think, how can somebody so little ask so many questions? But they do that. But that is a learning process. And again, the spring is the planting season. The spring is the valuable time to do these things. From that, we move into summer. And we think about our Lord in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, where there the Bible says, And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. He was growing up. And that's what happens in the summer. They grow up. That little child now becomes a young man or a young lady. And, and it's during the summer that they learn to drive. They start dating. They start thinking for themselves. And what we see is some transitions taking place. Spring is not summer. Something has changed. Now, again, understand, appreciate, if you do not plant well in the spring, summer is going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Why? Because you should have been planting in the springtime. And what we notice at this time period is the transition is in parenting is you're going from teaching uh, to getting them to think for themselves. It's during this time period, the summer, where they're introduced to other people, 
other ideas. There are school teachers. There are students in school. There are friends. There's kids in the church. There are neighborhood kids. Everybody's got an idea. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody has an influence. And so it's during this time period that you start to see that you're trying to get your child to think for himself. If you got your Bible, now turn with me to the book of Proverbs, and this is exactly what the proverb writer is trying to do. And what it shows this is, the emphasis now is in reasoning. You got a little child, and he's trying to put his finger in a light socket, you just say, don't do that. That's, it. That's the answer, don't do that. Now, if he's 13 years old and starting to do that, you say, now listen, behind that wall there's some electricity, and electricity will bite you. And here's why you don't, you reason. And that's what we need to see. Proverbs chapter 1, and in verse 5, as he starts talking about a father to his son, a wise man will hear and increase in learning. A man of understanding will inquire wise counsel. And then he says in verse 8 of Proverbs 1, Hear, my son, your father's instructions. Look at chapter 2, verse 1. My son, if you will receive my words, treasure my commandments within you. Look at chapter 3, verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. What's the father doing? He's trying to instill, he's trying to reason with him. Trying to get you to understand. You're, you're not just a little child now. You're getting to be a mature person. And I'm trying to reason with you. I'm trying to get you to think for yourself. I'm trying to see we take all these little stories about God and now we plug them into your life and we start to reason with this. Chapter 4, verse 1. Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father and give attention that you may gain understanding. Now all the way, if you will, to the very last chapter. Chapter 31, and chapter 31 is where we read about the virtuous woman. But I want you to notice how chapter 31 begins. Verse 1, Proverbs 31, verse 1. The words of King Lemuel, the oracle which his, father, which his mother taught him, What, O my son, and what, O my son of my womb, and what, O my son of my vows, and then she starts giving him instructions. Verse 4, it is not for kings, O Lemuel, it's not for kings to drink wine, or for rulers to desire strong drink, for they will drink and forget what is decreed. She's teaching him about drinking. Look at verse 9. Open your mouth and judge righteously. Defend the rights of the afflicted and the needy. Don't use your position to step on people. Remember the little guy. Remember that. And then starting verse 10, an excellent wife who can find. This is mama teaching her son about who you need to marry. And what is all this taking place? Now, this does not take place at the wedding day. It's too late. This does not take place when mama's about to die and, and seasons have passed. This is coming about in a season where they can reason and teach and understand these things. It is during this time period that character and habits are formed. Habits that may be with them all of their life. Some of us can think about that. Habits of going to worship. We worship because we love Jesus, as Ashley said. But this is a righteous habit. But sometimes we get in the habit of saying a lie. 
just to get out of trouble or get out of wanting to do something. Have you cleaned your room? Yeah, all you did was stuff it underneath your bed. And pretty soon you find yourself, that was easy to get out of. And I can lie about this, and I can lie about this. And the rest of their life, they've learned to tell lies. You see, it's during this time period where character and habits are established. If he's an athlete, he will honor God on the field, respect coaches, play fair, and be a good winner or a good loser. If he is a student, he will honor God in the classroom. He'll work hard and be honest. If he's employed, he'll honor God at the work site, working as if for the Lord, as Colossians says. He will not cheat the system. He will not use his money in, in ungodly ways, but he'll be generous as God wants him to be. He'll not compromise his principles. He'll not do that to get ahead or to get a victory or to make a dollar or to avoid trouble. It's during this time period, because of what was done in the spring, we now are seeing some results of these things. Again, in your Bibles, if you will, turn with me to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22 is the account of Abraham offering Isaac as a sacrifice. And there's a wonderful little lesson here from Genesis 22. It begins in verse 3, Genesis 22, verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men, Isaac, and uh, took with him Isaac and Isaac his son, and split wood for the burnt offerings, and rose and went to the place which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the lad will go over there and we will worship and return to you. Abraham took the wood of the offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. He took in his hand the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Now verse 7. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father. My father, he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Verse 8, Abraham says, God will provide. How did he know we have a lamb? Why did he say, well, well, you know, Dad, give me a second and, and I will catch a rabbit for you. You don't offer God's rabbits. Well, you know, we, don't, we got the fire, we got the wood, but we don't have a sacrifice. I'll go grab a couple, couple apples off that tree, and we'll just roast some apples here for God. How did he know we need a lamb? He saw his father worship in the spring and in the summer. And so when your little children see you on Sunday morning taking that Lord's Supper, why do you do that? Can I have some? You give him that answer right there. Because Jesus died for me. Well, why did he die for you? Because I did some things I shouldn't have done. Teaching them. You know, my friends, they have big bands in their church. Why don't we have a big band in here? Because we follow what the Bible says. Well, how come we don't have any women up here preaching? Are they not smart? No, that's not the answer. We follow the dictates of God. You're reasoning with them. And so here's young Isaac. And as they're walking along, he recognized there's no lamb, but we need a lamb. He saw that. How did he know that? Because what was planted in the spring came about in the summer. And again, how important that is. Now we move on to the next season. 
And that's the season of fall. And in the book of Psalms, chapter 37, verse 25, it simply says, I've been young and now I am old. Your children are out of the house. They've got their own jobs. They've got their mortgages. They oftentimes are married. They have their own kids. And they are going through the spring season of their own lives. And they're busy with their own families. Now, once again, if you have not planted well in the spring, fall is going to be painful for you. You're going to find grown men and women who don't understand money. And they're making a mess of their lives. You're going to find grown men and women who do not understand integrity and honesty. And they're making a mess of their lives. You're going to find grown men and women who are making the wrong choices because nothing was instilled in the spring. It was never developed in the summer. Now we're in the fall. And guess what? They're teaching their kids exactly what they have known. Now, it's during this time period that your role as a parent changes. You now become the advisor or the counselor. You see, there was a time in my life I could tell all four of my kids, go to bed. Why? Because I'm dead. Go to bed. There's time in my life I could tell my kids, this is what you're going to wear today. If we go home tonight and I call up my kids and say, hey, this is dad, go to bed. They'll say, dad, the home is ready for you. We will send you. I can't do that anymore. Why? Because I no longer, my role has changed. This is very hard for parents. Because there was a time in our life when we controlled that child. What he ate, what he wore, when he got up, when he went to bed, we totally controlled their life. Now we're into the fall, and we don't have that control. And you see them doing things that you would never do. And as a parent, you have to make that decision. Is this just something that I think is crazy, but it's not wrong? They can still go to heaven doing this. Or are they doing some things that's going to hurt their soul? And again, these are things that come out. And as a parent, what you realize during the fall is your children are spending more time with their children than they do you. And there's going to be days you say, you know, I always say we just pick up the phone and call me, but they're busy. They're running around just like you did in the spring. And in the spring of your life, how busy you were and how tired you were. I mean, we get that all the time when we talk to our kids. One of the things they're always doing is yawning on the phone. Go to bed. Well, can't because I got this to do, this to do, this to do. It just gets me tired hearing that. But that's the fall. Now, if you don't understand the seasons, things starting to get a little messy here. And we need to see and appreciate, if you wait till the fall, your child is a grown adult. He's on his own, and now for the first time, I'm going to try to teach him some godly principles. It's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard. Why? Because where were you in the spring? What happened in the summer? And so again, how invaluable it is for us to see what the, what the spring is. Then comes winter. Then comes winter. In the book of 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 4, I want you to notice a particular word here. As Paul was talking about the widows there at that church and how uh, some of them need to be taken care of by the church, others would be taken care of by the family. He would say in verse 4, But if any widow has children or grandchildren, they must first learn to practice piety in regard to their own family and to make some return. 
But check out a book at the library. You're supposed to return it after a period of time. What am I returning to my parents? Well, care. That's what I'm returning. I'm returning all the things that's happened. And so during this time period, if you did not plant well in the spring, winter will be lonely. Why should I help them out? It's my money. It's my life. I don't need to do that. And what happens in here is now the children parent the parents. And that's what happens. And so issues come up like how long can mom and dad stay in the house? When is the time to take away the car keys? Okay. Now those questions don't come up in the fall. They don't come up in the summer. They don't come up in the spring. But in the winter, they do. And those are some things that we realize and we have to appreciate. The psalmist would say in Psalm chapter 92, as he talks about these things, he says, The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still, they will still yield fruit in old age. They will be full of sap and very green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. There is no unrighteousness in him. In the book of Hebrews chapter 13, remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. I believe the Hebrew writer is talking about the very first people that preached the gospel to them, but in this context, in the spring, it should have been the parents. And so what we're talking about is a legacy of godly living. An example of walking with the Lord. An example of faithfulness and service through the decades. Examples of marriages that are strong and thriving. Examples of battles fought and won for Jesus Christ. Shame on us if we make things worse for the next generation. Shame on us if we create so many problems that our children cannot conduct themselves as God wants them to. And so, so this is the concept. And so I want you to see there are seasons. And we need to see how important these are. Now we go back to our very first principles, and we now put this to the idea of parenting. What happens in one season impacts what follows. And that is true. In the spring, is when a lot of us are really young in our careers, and our careers are very demanding, and we want to excel in our careers, but at the same time, it is the spring where so many of these lessons need to be taught. And we need to be there. And we have to have examples for these things. And we need to realize we can't just pass off because, you know, I'm really busy in my career. I'm just getting things started. And I'll put it off to the next season. Each season has its own challenges and blessings. There is a growing time. And sometimes you simply cannot put that off to another season. And that reminds us of this. And through all of this, we need to remind ourselves that God's word is needed in every season. And God's word works in every season. I want to end by going to the book of Ecclesiastes in chapter 3. A lot of you in this room have heard me read these words when we've had occasions of funerals. And sometimes I think we just think that's what these words are delegated to. But Solomon here in these eight verses of Ecclesiastes 3 is 14 couplets, opposites, we could say, is painting for us what we often call the seasons of life. He says, there is a appointed time for everything and a time for every event under heaven, a time to give birth and a time to die, 
time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to shun embracing. A time to search and a time to give up as lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear apart and a time to sew together. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. And every one of us that's a parent, no matter what age you are, are in one of these seasons tonight. Some of you are in the spring. You need to see what a blessing that is and how you need just to make the time for those little ones. You are planting concepts and ideas and teaching them. Some of us are in the summer of our life, and we're now beyond those little ones, and now we have kids who are maybe taller than we are. And we're trying to instill upon them using reasoning and logic and God's word. This is why we are a different people. This is why we don't do what everyone else does at school. Some of us are in the fall. And our kids are out of the house. And have their own families. And we need to realize that we can't just tell them what to do. We're now advisors. And some of us are in the winter season. And it's time for the kids to take care of us. Some of us may be kicking and screaming, but if you planted well, they love you and are thinking out for your well-being and trying to help you. And so through all of this, we find this concept of what we're talking about this year to finish what was started. That is our theme, and that's what we need to see, how valuable it is, how important it is that God has placed this into your hands. More important than your jobs, more important than paying off the house or a zillion other things you may think about is the raising of your children in the spring and in the summer, encourage them in the fall so that they will do the same thing following God as God wants you to. And so that's our thoughts. It might have discouraged some of you. Some of you may have thought, you know, I blew the spring, just didn't do anything. Some of you may say, well, you know what? I didn't do anything in the summer either. Now maybe my kids don't talk to me. Maybe my kids don't like me. You've got to keep praying and keep trying. Others of us who are right in the middle of this see the importance of this. See how valuable this is. See the difference you can make. Bring them to the Bible classes are so important, but not more important than the lessons you're teaching at home. And what is taught here publicly needs to be the same thing that's taught at home. God is love. And we respect his word, and we honor him, and we praise him. And when we come to an intersection, we must follow God. And when we come to something we don't like, it's us who's not right. God is always right. And to get those in us and see the great, great lessons for us. See, me, not a Christian, it's be a good time to become one. We look back on our lives, there's a lot of us need to be thankful for the parents we had. A lot of us had parents that during the spring and summer of our lives, they really made a difference, and that's why we're here today. Some of us may not have had those kind of parents, but we're still here because we know this is right. And we know what an advantage it is to have a little one to be able to say, I know this, or to, or to tell the Bible stories with such curiosity and love in their hearts. 
What a joy that is. If we can help you in any way, if you're ready to be baptized, won't you come as we stand, as we sing.